How's everybody doing? This is Big Chuck coming at you live with WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio. Right next to me, I have Sackman, Alex Sackley, Josh Diaz, Senor Diaz <clears throat> could not be with us today, but we will have a special guest later on. RJ Anderson, my roommate, will be filling in for a little spot later in the show, so we'll be excited to see him guest star. He's real special. You guys will love him. <laughs> And we got a great episode of the award-winning Blue Jay Boys show for you guys today. We're going to be running through the NFL slate as usual, but to start off, we want to get going with our food battle like we have in the past couple weeks. If you guys tuned in last week and you saw on our Instagram, our food battle this week is between two of the worst teams in the league, and they definitely played that oh, yeah, game baby. on Sunday. <laughs> we had a battle between the Chicago Bears and Denver Broncos. We have Chicago's own Italian beef sandwiches from the classic Portillo's, and then we also got some steak burritos with green chili sauce on top of them for Denver. It helps represent that. If you guys have listened to the food battles before, you know that we judge the food based off of their appearance their taste, and their cost-effectiveness cost based off that taste. So based off those three tiers, we rank them, and we tell you guys who we think would win in this battle. To start off this week, though, we have to do the wheel spin. And the winner for that, we have six names on the list this week, and we are spinning. And we have... Let me spin it one more time here. RJ was on the wheel, but since he's uh, participating in the show today, we decided to make it fair and take <laughs> him off the of wheels. And the winner is, by a hair, Zach Norman. Hey. Just beating out J.P. Vitzger <laughs> once again. I'm sorry, J.P. Sorry, J.P., buddy. Sorry about that. <laughs> Zach, we'll find a way to get you your money later on. But without further ado, let's get into this food battle. Zachly, what are we starting off with? I'm going to start off with the hometown classic, the old favorite, the Italian beef sandwich. With mozzarella. Like I said, we got these from Portillo's. Uh, we got them dry. I know my dad would be mad. He likes getting them nice and with yeah, all yeah, this a little juice. Bit yeah. A little bit moist. I got mm. mine with hot peppers. Sackley opted out of that. I think hot peppers is the way to go. But, you know. Yeah, I got, I got diary issues, so. Thanks for letting us know. Um... To my eyes, they're not looking the best, just based off the eye test. But, you know, nothing from Portillo's always looks the best. It's about the taste from that place. Mm. Exactly. How is the taste of these? I give it an 8.5. Nice and solid, you know. A little moist. Got the good amount of cheese on there. And meat, the meats of good quality. What would you give the appearance? Appearance, I'd give it like a 6. Kind of not very appealing. But and then costability, since we got three of them, plus tax, 28 bucks. I'll give that a 9 out of 10. Yeah, like I said, the appearance isn't the best to me. I'd give that probably like a 5 out of 10. It still looks good. You know, meat on a sandwich with cheese is delicious no matter how it looks to me, so I always give that a 5 out of 10. Taste is pretty good. Uh, we've had these for like about 30, 40 minutes now, and they're still pretty warm, uh, so that makes it better. The meat is really just juicy, like exactly was saying. The cheese is always a great add-on. I love mozzarella cheese. I can throw it on anything. I'd probably give this a strong 8 out of 10. And then cost-effectiveness, you know, we did get, like, these are the regular sandwiches. We didn't get the big ones, and they still are a lot of food. Like, that's a big old sandwich still. So I'd probably give that, like, 9 out of 10. Let's move on to these burritos. We got two of them. They are from Cilantro Grill in Elmhurst, Illinois. It's an Elmhurst business. There's a bunch of them around the area. Uh, these are humongous. When I got them, I was a little worried based on the price, uh, how big they were going to be. And then when we actually opened them up, I was like, wow, that's a lot bigger than I was ever expecting. 
We were initially going to get them from Los Burritos, the classic Elmhurst joint, but that place was extremely packed for Taco Tuesday. That's where RJ is right now. He was supposed to be getting our burritos, but they could not get out of there. Sackley's taking his first bite here. It looks really good. It looks like some sour cream, lettuce, carne asada, like I said. Uh, we got on Suizo, so that has the cheese on top, the best part, I think. Sackley, how was that first bite? Give it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. That's good. What makes it a 10 out of 10? The right ratio of all the ingredients, good spice. Uh, it's not too soggy. It's pretty pretty good. As a uh, Los Burritos connoisseur, how would you compare this to that? Give the side edge to Los. Los is just so goaded. <laughs> but this is very good. Mm. Yeah, I would give that a strong 10 out of 10, too. It really, all the flavors melt together. Oh, Sackley just took the biggest bite you have ever seen. It's all over his hand. I'm so hungry. <laughs> um, yeah, that was... Quite attractive. That's a great, great bite, first bite. I've never had cilantro before, so I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Honestly, like, that first bite, the quality tasted better than Los, but Los just has this, like classicness to it that i gotta give the edge to taste give it a 10 out of 10 exactly what would you give it on appearance 9 out of 10 look pretty solid really. um yeah i would give it again kind of like the beef sandwich it doesn't look the most appealing but it definitely looks way more appealing than the beef sandwich i'd probably give it a 7 out of 10 and then cost effectiveness effectiveness these cost about 12.85 each exactly what would you give it Give it about six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. Yeah, I think Los, we could have got these same burritos for about $8 a piece, so we paid about, like, 50% more. Los Burritos Mexicanos on North Avenue, the greatest place ever invented. I, I support the St. Charles location. That's my go-to spot, actually. Or that, yeah, that's <laughs> I, I I'm not good with the roads, so <laughs> I, just, I just find places, and I hope I get there. <laughs> Exactly. Based on your scores, who are you giving the winner to today? Giving it to the cilantro burrito. Very good. I was uh, kind of surprised. I was very impressed. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm giving it to the cilantro burrito. You know, a classic Portillo's beef sandwich is good, but I think I've had it a few too many times. And this new fresh burrito gives it the slight edge. And I got this jar of the sauce, and the sauce is really good. So I think I'm definitely going to be using that yeah, for a while. It's nice and spicy. <laughs> it's pushing this gringo to its limits. <laughs> All right, folks, we are going to move straight on into our NFL breakdown. Next week, when we do our next food battle, we're going to be battling between Tennessee and Houston. We felt those two teams had the best week. We got Tennessee's Nashville hot chicken going up against a classic southern chicken and waffles dish. So stay tuned for that. We'll post something on Instagram tomorrow around 11 o'clock. Uh, when you see that, be sure to tag three friends in the comments. Tell us who you think is going to win and post the post on your story. And then you might have a chance to win $20 like Zach did this week. All right, folks, getting into our NFL matchup this week, as always, we're going to start off talking about the Chicago Bears. This was a rough one. Uh, it hurt a little bit more than the past week. Uh, last week, Definitely sucked against the Chiefs. That was a rough game. Yeah. Um, but this week, we had the game for three quarters. Three three quarters. We had them. We had them. But we didn't finish, of course. We found a way to lose like we have for the last, what, uh, 14 weeks now? And that's all that really matters in the end. It doesn't matter how you played for three quarters. It doesn't matter how you played for four quarters. So mm. 
What what was the biggest issue in this game? What happened in that fourth quarter? Our defense. Our defense is terrible. Our defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. <laughs> we have no pass rush. We have no run stopping. That they didn't have Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. He left early in the game. P. Ryan was limited too, so they had their third string running back from Division Two College. He was kicking our butt. He looked like Walter Payton out there. We had no pass rush the whole game. We had one sack, and that was strictly a coverage sack. And it was our first sack since week one. Our D-line is terrible. We Last year we said we had a bunch of role players, glorified rotational guys. We have that now. Yannick Nagakwe is not worth the $10 million we are paying for him. We need to trade him immediately. We let go of Travis Gibson. Travis Gibson has two sacks on the season for the Tennessee Titans. We have two sacks as a team. He is better than every single one of our DNs that we are playing right now. That was a homegrown guy that we let go for nothing. And then our D tackles. I mean, the two rookies, okay, Pickens had a half a sack. Gervon, I have yet to see make a play. Billings, everyone says he's such a great run defender, but I don't see it. He's got no TFLs on none. He has a couple, you know, good veteran plays here and there. Then the two big money linebackers that we decided to pay instead of Roquan Smith, they were missing tackles left and right. Yeah, they both ended with only eight total tackles, which seems like a decent number. But when you take into account how much we paid these guys, I mean, we basically we paid these two for one season, twenty-four million a season. Roquan's gonna pay twenty, and he's better than both of them. He's currently the number one graded linebacker in the NFL. So that's a big Ryan Poles L. We basically traded the number one, number two inside linebacker or off the ball linebacker in the league for to pay two different guys instead of just paying one. Which paying one is a lot in today's NFL. Now you're paying two guys top dollar. And neither one of them are living up to the hype. Well, our only linebacker that's played well this season is Sanborn. And then we take him off the field because he's the Sam in the 4-3 defense. Even though he's the only guy who can cover anybody in the pass game. Edwards cannot cover. He looks like a D-tackle out it, there. It frustrates me so much. And the again, you talk about the amount of money we paid for these guys. TJ Edwards, I understand you are not a pass coverage linebacker, but if you're getting paid that much and you are getting put into that position as an NFL player, you need to be able to cover some of these guys, at least some of them. But he has not been able to cover a single person this entire season. It's ridiculous. And the guys we traded for Roquan, we got Gervon Dexter and Noah Sewell. We don't play Noah Sewell. He's a special teamer. Gervon Dexter hasn't showed me anything. We chose him and Pickens over Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is the number one rated defense tackle in the NFL right now currently, according to Pro Football Focus. So that's two wrong decisions made by Ryan Pulse in one transaction. It gets worse every – the more I look into it, the more it's worse. Sam Mustford is currently the second highest pass blocking center in the league right now. Yeah, shout out Josh for that. And we got Lucas Patrick playing like – and we decided to run behind him when it's fourth and one. He's probably going to get benched this week now that Jenkins is back. Mm. I mean, everywhere I look, it's, we made wrong decisions. The only move that worked out, only offseason move that was worked out so far is getting DJ Moore. And that's only worked out in half the games. Yeah. The we, other two games, he hasn't been a part of the we offense don't, we at just, all. We just decide not to throw it to him sometimes. Actually, not even the other half of the games. I would say he's like been good, and it's not even his fault. He's been schemed up in about one total game because he was schemed up in that first half of the second game and the first half of this game, and then they stopped using him in the second half. It's getting mind-boggling. <clears throat> when I watched what happened in that first half and how, like, exactly, you said this earlier, how DJ Moore looked like Derrick Henry on some of those plays. He looked fantastic. He looked like, this is a number one wide receiver. He looked great. We were getting Mooney involved, too. We got Komet involved. 
And then second half comes around, and it's Luke Getze. We got to be nice and conservative in the second half. It's like he acts like we have the best defense of all time. Just running the ball on six straight plays, running it on third and five, third and six, running inside zone behind your two worst offensive linemen on fourth and one to lose the game. Mm-hmm. And that field, that deciding not to kick the field goal. Absurd. So Matt Eberflus <laughs> is a defensive coach. We hired him because he, he, I guess he was going to run a great defense with us. So if you're a defensive coach in that situation, you trust your defense and you kick the field goal, which Cairo would have drilled it. It's way within his range. Mm-hmm. He would have drilled that. I have all faith in Cairo. He's looked good so far this year. He's been a, one of our best kickers in the last since 2000. He decides to go for it. That whole set scene going into it was terrible. You third and five, you run inside zone. What are we doing? We've been pa- passing a great all day. Why don't we just let our franchise quarterback throw the ball? He threw a great all day. He had 300 yards, four touchdowns. No, let's run inside zone. Well, especially if you weren't planning on kicking it, too, which yeah. they obviously were never planning on kicking it. So why are you trying to get an extra three yards <coughs> Excuse me, to set up the kick when you're not going to kick it? You might as well just throw it then, like you're saying. It doesn't make any sense. That is fourth and one. Then we decided to waste the timeout. Try to get him to jump off sides. Everyone knew it was coming. And we wasted timeout for no reason. Then we decided to go out shotgun on fourth and one. We couldn't do the tush push like everyone else does in the league now. That works every time. Mm-hmm. Some better than others, but works for the most part. No, when we do QB sneak, it's got to be Cole Komet who does it. <laughs> A non-quarterback. And then we run the Q, we run the inside zone again. The whole defense knew that was coming. Everyone in the stadium knew that was coming. And you run it out of shotgun. And then you don't get in your shock that you don't get it. And then when we do get the ball back, it's okay. Save us, save us, Justin. We don't, we don't trust you ever because you fumbled it because you got smacked before you, you can even turn your head off before faking the handoff. Now it's save us, Justin. Save us. It's your time. Save us. And then the the. Darnell Wright forgets how to pass block, and he's running for his life in a one-minute drill. That's, I saw this week. I saw a couple of videos of people like praising Darnell Wright for this game. And then I'm like, he had he was better. Granted, he was better this game. But also granted, they are playing probably the second-worst defense in the league besides their own defense, the Chicago Bears defense. So as much as he did play better, there were still so many like low points. And he had two penalties, too. That wiped out first downs. The one play where Bayless Jones looked like an NFL player. He got wiped out because of him. And everybody's been getting on Braxton Jones for his penalties when nobody on this offense line can do anything without holding somebody. It's absurd. And then, like we were talking about before the show, we could have had Jalen Carter. We could have had any of these other guys that would have been better and are playing better right now. Yeah. And it all comes back to Ryan Poles. We had the number one overall pick and we... Settle for the third best offensive tackle in this class. And and I think we, as delusional Bears fans, just hoping for one day getting a win in the draft in that first round, which we can never do. Um, Like, I, I don't understand why we just can't figure it out. We've tried so many times. We've drafted so many people. They just have never been able to get the right pick here. And it's frustrating, and I don't know who we need to bring in that can actually get talent and bring in a talented roster who can actually like read a draft pick. 
Because right now, for like the past ten years, we haven't been able to get a draft pick. Um, so it's just been extremely frustrating. Exactly. When does the staff fire Matt Eberflus? When does it fire Luke Getze? Like when? When are we going to? I would have fired both after that game. If I'm being honest. There's no way Iverfus is our coach in 2024. Barring a miraculous turnaround, which isn't going to happen, there's no way he's going to be our coach. No one even listens to him anymore. The media hates him, which I would too. He didn't give any answers on the Elm Williams situation. He didn't give any answers on Claypool. This whole thing was the, the hits principle. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> of course he named it after hits. It's like... Second grade rudimentary like football word hit. <laughs> We're gonna hit today, guys. You know, are like dad saying that and like it's the first day of pads when it's like youth ball. Let's name it after that. <laughs> and it was like the most basic like defensive coach like so it was like hitting intensity and strategy or whatever. I don't even know what no one even knows what it is. He's been here two years now. No one even cares. No one in that locker room probably even respects him at this point. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. He's lost it completely, but McCaskies don't fire anyone during the season. So we got to trudge through another 13 weeks of this. Is this the last season of Ryan Poles as well? Yeah, I would. He's terrible. He's been wrong on everything. <laughs> Supposedly he's the one that hired Iberflu, so he got that wrong. We traded a first-round pick for Clay. Yeah, it was a second-round pick, but it was number 32 overall because the Dolphins got kicked out of the first round. So it's, that's a first-round pick, 32 teams in the league. You got that wrong. You got the D-line wrong two years in a row. At this point, we lost the, the second Khalil Mack trade because he's still good, and we didn't get anything for him. He traded Roquan, which is the wrong decision, and we got nothing for Roquan. He messed up the Jalen Carter situation. He picks two bad D-tackles in the second and third day, basically wasted two second-round picks on two guys that are going to take years to become decent. He was wrong on Chase, uh, as I said, Claypool. He was wrong on Lucas Patrick. He was wrong on uh, Braxton Jones so far through this year as uh, bringing him back again. So what has he been right? The only thing he's gotten right is the DJ Moore trade, but we don't even use him half the time. So he's had two years to build a decent defense. He's failed to do that. He's failed to make our offensive line better. He failed to hire a competitive coach. He had, I guess, supposedly, he had three options. He had Eberflus, I believe it was Dable, <coughs> I believe it was like Doug Peterson. And he chose Matt Eberflus, who had an average defense in Indianapolis. That's our guy. <laughs> so, I have no faith in him. What, what would give you, what would muster you courage to give him faith? Like, nothing that I've seen that he's done has worked. I mean, I, I my issue is for like both those positions, I I just don't even know who you bring in now. There's like, we've tried so many different things. I think the biggest thing is that you got to bring in somebody who's had head coaching experience. The McCaskies don't want to do that. They like bringing in first time year head coaches so that they can be in charge. They've done that ever since they fired Ditka. It just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make. Any they don't sense. care. They don't care. They know that us Bears fans are still going to buy tickets, still going to buy jerseys. They don't care. I don't know. Pretty soon, they're not, though. Like, if you look at what's happening to the athletics in Oakland, you know, that's another example of an owner who doesn't care 
and doesn't doesn't worry about their fan base. They only worry about making money. Eventually, you lose that fan base, and then you're not making any money, and then you can't update your stadium. You can't do any of the stuff that you want to do as a franchise. And then it, it's sad to see because much like the Oakland Athletics, it's a very historic franchise with a lot of history and yeah. legends behind we, it. We started the NFL. And it, it's a dumpster fire now. It's unfortunate. It's been a dumpster fire for decades now. Yeah. Other than a couple years where our defense just went brazy, we've been a dumpster fire. Yeah. It's sad. Like, quarterbacks come here and their careers just die. Like, if we do get the first overall pick... If you're Caleb Williams or Drake May, why would you want to come here? I wouldn't. <laughs> like, I'd be like, you know, I don't want to come to you. You're going to ruin my career. Yeah. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break here. When we come back, our special guest uh, host, RJ Anderson, will be joining us to talk about the actual details of this game and going through the rest of the NFL slate. We'll be right back. But I got mine for the price of a Gibson. Welcome back to the DJ Boys Show. All right, folks, welcome back to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys show. To my left, I have Sackman, Alex Sackley, and in front of me, I have R. Jazzy, R.J. Anderson joining us, our guest host. R.J., how you doing? Riley John Anderson. What's up, Blue Jay Boys Nation? <laughs> R.J. is the star tight end for the <laughs> Elmhurst Blue Jays. Uh, he's here to guest host for us for a little bit since we are missing Josh's presence. Josh, we love you. R.J.'s got the spot warmed up for you when you come back. Yes, sir. All right, let's talk about the actual stats in this game. Justin Fields, this is one of the best games of his career. First 300-yard passing game. Four touchdowns. RJ, was there anything you liked about Justin Fields' performance that you think gives hope for Bears fans going forward? I thought his connection with Cole Komet was really good. Like, they had that touchdown right up the seam. That was really nice. The He threw that pick at the end. It was targeted to him, but that was probably the only bad thing. I like that connection, though. Yeah. yeah. They paid him. Might as well throw the ball to him, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I've, we've been saying all season is that, that paycheck that he got, and they just haven't been using him yeah. in the offense. And he's got the talent. He's got the size. The only thing he doesn't really do well is block, but if he's out there catching balls, I don't need him to block, especially when we have Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tunyon, who still need to get into the offense. Yeah. But. <laughs> oh, they put Tony in a little bit. He two catches this game first mm-hmm. time. Still looks weird wearing number 18 with the weird helmet. but Yeah, I, I'm still not a fan of the rule of anybody can wear any number. Really. No. It just looks dumb. Exactly. What other pieces of the Bears did look good in this game that you liked? Uh, I mean, Khalil Herbert, it was his first good game this year, 18 for 103, five yards. He was running hard, especially at the end there when we just gave him the ball every play. So that was nice. I like seeing that. Obviously, the connection to DJ Moore, eight for 131 and a touchdown. I like we got Mooney involved, four catches, 51 yards. I like to see him get a little more involved. Uh, we still refuse to give the ball to Roshan Johnson. So I don't know what that's supposed to be. We we brought him in to be our guy. We hyped him up all offseason, continue to hype him up, and we don't give him the ball. What? Well, why don't you think they give him the ball? What's keeping him out of that offense? The ineptitude of Luke Getze. <laughs> He's, uh, I, I might turn into Antonio Brown and I post a picture <laughs> oh, no. about him on Twitter. Please don't post a picture about uh, him on I, do, I do like that we got our fourth-round rookie, our, our annual third-day-of-draft receiver <laughs> that we hype up and then never use for three years. <laughs> 
Tyler Scott had two carries, not catches, carries for 19 yards. So that's always fun. Yeah. Classic Bears drafting. Yeah, <laughs> classic. And then uh, Valus Jones made an appearance, and was he almost? I thought he was going to fumble, but. Was he 41 now? One carry for 10 yards, not bad for an <laughs> AARP member. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, the offense played well. It's 28 points. If you score 28 points, you should win a football game. But, uh, you should. Definitely. Um, there Especially was, at home. There was one name missing from the Bears' uh, box score this week, and that was Chase Claypool. Thank God. Um, What were your expectations for Chase Claypool coming into this, and how disappointed were you with how this whole – relationship ended i never really liked the idea of the trade because i'm not trading for a guy that's been declining since his rookie year and i'm not giving up a second round pick that basically was a first round pick to do so especially mid-season yeah last year when we were going to tank anyway so that was like a uh contrasting move Mm -hmm. so i never really understood that trade and then you know we didn't use him at all last year to the point where it was like kind of worrisome i was like is he just not getting open is he not good and then he did that week one, showed no effort week one. And then he had played okay week two. The, the once again, showed no effort week three, and then called out the coaches. So it's time for him to go. Mm-hmm. I don't care if we can get a, a, a fax machine for him. <laughs> I, I think they're saying a fifth-round pick is uh, what the Bears are asking. We'll take a seventh at this point. <laughs> Just get him out of here. We'll take $20,000. <laughs> we'll take. I'll take a, a nice Primo brand turkey sandwich from Thornton's <laughs> gas station. Delicious. My girlfriend yelled at me because they had like 700 grams of sodium in them. She like scolded me, but they're very good. Well, so, when, when Quick Trip opens, you can get them from there. Yeah, yeah. She wanted to yell there at There you them. go. <laughs> so that's what I would trade for Chase Claypool. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, kind of going on that trade, you know, idea of this going into – the middle of the season as we get to that trade deadline. Mike Greenberg today uh, on his show on ESPN said that the Bears should trade Justin Fields at the deadline. Yeah, to the Falcons. How, how realistic do you think that is, and do you think that's a good idea? If we go 0-8 and he continues to play well, like if he has two or three more games like he does now and we're 0-7, yeah, I would trade him. I don't want to. I love Fields. I think he's very good, obviously. I mean, he owns every single Bears rushing QB record. Now he's having 300-yard, four passing touchdown games if that can continue then he's obviously the most he's still the most talented quarterback we've ever had as the Chicago Bears organization I still believe him I love him he he works he works hard man he cares he cares he was crying in his shoulder pads full uniform and everything in the locker room people Mm -hmm. can everyone tried to console him he couldn't they couldn't do it I don't want to trade that guy that's a guy I want playing for my team at quarterback you got to think about the quarterback draft class coming up though yeah, but right? none of them are going to want to play for us. It doesn't matter. They're going to get drafted anyway. I don't want to draft Drake Makes. He's going to be another Trubisky from North Carolina. Chadur's not coming out. No. So that not. leaves he's not because he, he wants to be number one. Yeah, he's not. He's he wants to finish it out with his dad and Travis Hunter and the whole HBCU crew, which I don't blame him because 2024 they could be a national championship contender there at Colorado. Yeah, they get a recruit. So recruiting then class, that yeah. leaves you with Quinn Ewers, who I'm still. <clears throat> he's good. Mm-hmm. I'm not disputing that. He's good, but... A couple injuries already, that scares me. That, you know, not the largest sample size. See, he only played like seven games last year. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, okay, that's like around 20 career starts. Will Levis situation. Yeah. And then you got Sam Hartman, who's about 32. 
<laughs> I like him a lot. I think he's very good. I think he's very pro ready. Obviously, I think he's kind of like a souped up Stetson Bennett in that he's an older guy, but he can he can throw it. He can read a defense. Everything Fields lacks, he has. That's like kind of the opposite. And he does have some athleticism. So I do like Hartman. I've always liked Hartman. And then I don't know, maybe like a Jaden Daniels or a, who else really is there? Caleb Williams. I'm not including Caleb Williams because he's not gonna he's not gonna play for us. He already said he's like if I don't like number he can make ten million dollars a year playing at USC. He's my, not coming out. My problem with that though is that and I've, I've been saying this the whole entire time is what what's gonna happen next year when he gets picked first overall by the Bears again? What if the Bears have the first overall pick again? The what Panthers? happens? Then? Yeah, the Panthers. Poverty franchise. The Vikings who haven't done anything in the past ten years. He wants to play for the Vikings. I don't want to play with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I would want to play for him and Hawkinson and. But like, know, not still, Ed Ingram, but you know, no matter what what team he goes to in that like bottom tier of the league, it's not going to be a great situation. The thing is, I don't think we're going to be the worst team. I hope we're not the worst team in the league, but it could happen. Did you see what happened this week against the Broncos? The second worst team in the league. <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna... I, I can't handle another year of being the worst team in the league. I can't. I will explode. <laughs> I know with me being a, of what my background is, that's kind of easy. If you get what I'm hinting to that I don't want to say on air. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Don't worry. But <laughs> actually explode. Uh, but, let's, let's talk about the main reason that the Bears are this bad. And that's that defense who have two turnovers and two sacks in four weeks. And both those takeaways were against Blaine Gabbard. So mm-hmm. they're really not even true takeaways. So so zero turnovers, two I, sacks. I, I could intercept Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> Um, you know, talking about this draft class, is there any ideal defensive players that you could see the Bears going for with one of those top two picks? Uh, Jared Verse from Florida State. We need a pass rusher. He's the best pass rusher. Dallas Turner, depending on where our second pick is, he's another pass rusher. Uh, we need a three techniques. That's arguably the most important position in this defense, and we continue to go with Justin Jones, which shows that we are a poverty franchise. Going with Justin Jones instead of um, Jalen Carter, who's the number one pro football focus D tackle in the league, and already looks like Warren Sapp. While we have Justin Jones, who's like the guy in high school that posts like a huddle highlight of him getting a tackle for like two yards, even though you lost by forty, he's like putting it on Twitter. That's the vibes that Justin Jones gives me. So yeah, we need a three technique. Our linebacking core should be okay with the money we put in, but. I don't want to draft another linebacker after drafting one last year. They're the least of your worries right now. You got a lot more. And then we work. Eddie, in my opinion, Eddie Jackson's. This is his last year with the Bears, no matter what. Yeah, I agree. And then I don't know Jalen Johnson. He's very good, but he's always hurt and he doesn't intercept the ball. So do I really want to pay Jalen Johnson? Mm. After we just drafted back to back years a corner in the second round, do I really want to pay Jalen Johnson? Yeah, but those those two guys that we've drafted in the second round haven't haven't proved enough to me that they can take over that spot and the bears are still gonna have money so that's why i would pay him maybe just because he's still young but like at the same time i understand where you're coming from where it's like is it really worth it but also i think we just need to stop letting our guys go and just if we have put faith and time into somebody on this team we gotta we gotta keep it going the bears as an organization give up on players way too fast so Keep trusting him. Keep building a culture there. And if you keep turning players over, you don't you don't get time to build that culture. Yeah. How how do you think the Patriots lasted so well? And the Chiefs now they get they get guys and keep guys. It helps that they have 
That's true. Those quarterbacks, yes, but but at the same time, there's teams that don't have those quarterbacks yeah. and can still build that kind of culture, like Seattle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a great example. Or, uh, not so much the Saints, but they just had Breeze for that long. Of a well, time. And, like Tampa Bay, yes, they had Tom Brady for a little bit. Hey, but they're, they're cooking. Great. They're baking with Baker Mayfield, baby. Yeah, Levante, David, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin have all been there their whole careers. Yeah, yeah. balling out. Why? Why can't the Bears do that? So they have to start somewhere, and I think you would start that with Jalen Johnson. Yeah. You give him a contract, keep him as a culture guy. I'm good with that. He's a solid enough number two. Exactly, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's never gonna get like below a. You know, second tier corner. You yeah. know, and I hope he knows that too. Mm-hmm. So if you can get him on that type of contract, it's a good one to have. Which I think that's kind of the issue right now is that he doesn't think that he thinks he's a top tier corner in the league. Which well, is... he's delusional. Yeah, I think it, it just doesn't help that he's been put in that position by the Bears, where he is the top yeah, corner. Yeah, true. Injuries and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the Bears. <laughs> Let's move on over to the other side of the ball and talk about this Denver Broncos defense. This is exactly the opposite of how they were last year, where they were relying completely what, on the defense. What happened in one offseason? Is Vance Joseph really that bad? They had a first-year DC last year, the Eviro Ivro, Evro Eviro. He did it fantastic. And you got an experienced guy like Vance Joseph, who was the, at one point the Denver Broncos head coach. And they, they were running into each other. They were One guy was playing man, the other guy was playing zone. They were tripping each other. It was like watching the Bad News Bears. Like, what yeah. was it? It was like watching, like, seven-year-olds when their helmet's too big, so they're, like, bobbleheads, and they <laughs> have a hard time not, like, leaning forward because like the, the helmet's... the Toy Story game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, like they got bad players, too. They got Pat Sertain out there. They got Pat Simmons Sertain, there, Randy right. Gregory. Um, they got this Nick yeah. Benito guy that he had a good day against us. Drew Sanders is a good rookie out of Arkansas. Kareem Jackson's a veteran. Randy Gregory has his games. Gregory, uh, so it's got to be schematics. Yeah, defense. Like, you got guys out there. You just can't do. Yeah, yeah. Alex Singleton is okay. Well, I think bringing in a guy like Sean Payton does that. Zach too. Allen. He, he puts his own. He like forces his game on yeah. people, and he's focused mostly on offense, as you can tell. And like, I think they just didn't. They didn't put any love into this defense, and now they're just kind of running out there aimlessly while everything's being focused on this offense, and. Granted, Russell Wilson is playing a lot better this year. He's playing well. It wasn't his. He played bad last year, but you have to remember they had the they were the ones who had the worst offensive line in the yeah, Bears. They had no Tim, but they don't have Tim Patrick this year. But you know they had no Garrett Bowles. They had the receivers were banged up. The running backs were banged up. No Javante Williams with Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> so it was just an overall bad situation. Russ kind of took all of it, mm-hmm. which I did feel kind of bad for him, but. I don't know. He let Broncos country ride this week. I mean, he was slinging it. I mean, you look at 21-28, no picks. So you, so you complete 75% of your passes, eight yards a pass, three touchdowns. You know, four carries, 13 yards. That's a solid game. You get hit that out of him every week, a little, maybe a little more yards, you'll be looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. My one question about this Broncos offense is that um, Wilson completed passes to 10 different players. What this is supposed to be a group of really strong receivers in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims. Why aren't they showing out in games like they are those stud receivers? Mims has showed up this year. Mims is good. He had two touchdowns week a week uh three. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie, so I'm not expecting the most out of him. He's good. Jerry Judy just he has all the talent in the world. It's year four now. He still hasn't showed me anything. It's never gonna happen with him. He did have 
52 yards, but that's nothing. Cortland Sutton, I don't – he's supposed to be that breakout receiver every year. It hasn't happened. He had that one good year with Drew Locke. That was it. Where he was the only target. Yeah. It's just not going to happen with him. And then this offense does enjoy getting the ball to the running backs. It's Jared Jaleel McLaughlin, who was the D2 running back that absolutely smoked us. He had three catches, 32 yards, touchdown. P. Ryan had two catches, 23. So the running backs will get involved in this offense. So, like, as we saw with the Saints, Alvin Kamara, Pierre Thomas, Mark Ingram, all those guys over the years. Goats. Yeah, goats of our childhood, but. RJ is our local Saints expert. Yeah. Yes, sir. Who that? <laughs> Garbage. Hey, no. <laughs> and then, yeah. So, I don't know. I would expect more from these receivers, especially Judy. Mm-hmm. He's their, he was their original draft pick that's supposed to usher in the new competitive Broncos with Drew Locke at quarterback back in the day. It's just, <coughs> it's just never worked out for him. Well, we'll get to our weekly awards, but kind of on this topic. My honorable mention donkey of the week is Philip Lindsay talking garbage to Jerry Judy and the Broncos on bro, Twitter. You're sitting at home. It's like your former teammates. You're sitting on the couch, bro. That's and I was like, Jerry Judy answered in the most perfect way. He's like, thanks for watching on the couch, buddy. That's like his former teammates too, right? Like, Bro, like you had two straight thousand-yard seasons and you were like 23 and they didn't even want you anymore. Yeah, because then when they gave him to a team where he had more opportunity to get carries, he wasn't good. So... You fumbled that away, buddy. <laughs> All right, folks, let's move on to our next game of the week. This is one that we thought was super entertaining. This is the Texans versus the Steelers. The Houston Texans, how good are they looking so far? Better than we expected? We were supposed to be the Texans. No, we yeah, we were supposed to be the Texans. The Texans were supposed to be us. Yeah. I mean, everyone was making fun of C.J. Stroud with the Ohio State quarterback thing, the Wonderlick. I throw that Wonderlick BS out the window. This man, he's coming to Houston. He's like, I'm your leader, guys. Come on my back, and we're going to lead you to the promised land. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> I mean, every he, I guess, invites his teammates over every day to his house. He is doing everything a leader should. I guess they're raving about him. And he's just coming out. He's just, he's what your shirt says, Chuck. That's what he's doing. BDN for Nick Foles. Big you-know-what, Nick. It's big you-know-what, CJ. I mean, this game against the vaunted Steelers defense. Keep in mind, he's had four starting offensive linemen out the first four games. Yeah, just got Tunsil back. Yeah. And he's yet to throw an interception. He had 306 yards, averaging 10 yards a pass against the Steelers defense with two touchdowns. And he had four 16 yards rushing as well. He looks fantastic. Like everyone was joking around with him. No, he's he's legit. He's like a leader. That's that's the face of their franchise. That was a great draft by the Texans. Mm-hmm. Get him and Will Anderson. It's like the same team too. It's like yeah, nothing changed. Nothing really. CJ Stroud. Other than like him. Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary, like you know. Dalton Schultz is a big addition. And Tank Dell, but Tank Dell is falling out. And then awesome, we were we were raving about Tank Dell last week. They got another good young yeah. receiver, Nico Collins. Mm-hmm. Seven catches, 168 yards, two touchdowns. He's a big guy. Tank Dell's like, you know, like small. He's very small, but he's just a dog. <laughs> and they got Nico Collins, big 6'3 boy from, you know, Michigan, Midwest, baby. Mm-hmm. Midwest football. He's he's just jumping over people. He's trucking people. He looked great. And we're forgetting about John Mechie. Yeah. John Mechie, he's coming off an ACL and cancer. And he still had, you know, he's still producing more than Chase Claypool. <laughs> <laughs> no, hard. 
one catch. I mean, think about think about what this, this past week I produced the same amount as yeah. Chase Claypool. <laughs> yeah, from your couch. Think yeah. about think about what this man's coming off. He's coming off a torn ACL late in the season, national championship game. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, sorry, SEC championship game, very late in the season. So basically January, and cancer, and he looks pretty good out there. He's only gonna get better every week. This guy was supposed to be a first round pick, then he tore his ACL and got cancer. You got Dalton Schultz, good veteran tight end, 42 yards touchdown. Pierce's dog. He's got to get the offensive lineman. He'll be fine. Everyone was mm-hmm. saying he was washed as yep. a second-year guy. No, the, getting Laramie Tunsil back by itself got him a good game, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, Damian Pierce needs just needs a couple guys in front of him, and he's a top-10 running back in the league. D'Amico Ryan's defense in year one, I mean, they're coming up to the plate. They got Christian Harris, Henry Toto, Toto from Alabama. He's got seven tackles. Jonathan Greenyard is a good young player they've had. Jerry Hughes, the Wiley veteran, still getting sacks. You got Stingley out Shelton there. Shelton Ranklin, Stingley. Stingley's very good. Mm-hmm. They just used him wrong last year. J- Jalen Petrie's a very good player, too. Petrie should have been all pro last year. Mm-hmm. He had like 120 tackles, three picks, uh, seven pass defense. He was a beast last year. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Ward, he brought over one of his San Francisco guys. This team is only going to get better. Is this team, in your mind, a favorite for the AFC South this year now? I wouldn't say favorite quite yet, but they're going to be in it. Wait, Jackson? I thought Jackson was going to be Super Bowl contender, but they have not showed up to the plate this year. T Law has not looked good. He's been decent. Yeah, but he has all he has all now, the but... talent, but he just not, he just doesn't use it every week. I think he I think he has too many options. I think it's the issue. I think he likes it better when he has one guy who he can throw the ball to. Yeah, yeah. And I think when he kind of has to choose, and he doesn't really get it like. When he's forced to really read a field, he gets a little nervous and just kind of chucks it because the offense line isn't 100% the best. Yeah. Offensive line is struggling right now. Mm-hmm. And the run the run game isn't helping them out either. You know, it's no. kind of been lackluster compared to the past couple seasons. Mm-hmm. So, basically everything that that looks good for Houston isn't looking good for Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, Houston, round of applause to D'Amico Ryan's and the staff. I mean, they just look great. Mm-hmm. Everyone has always been joking about them, but no, they're for real now. Who they got this week? Let me look right here. So the two and two after four weeks, not bad. Falcons. That's an important game. I think both those teams have a lot to prove. Both of those. Yeah. I mean, if the Falcons win that game, you're off. I mean, sorry, if the Texans win that game, you're off to the races. Three and two. Mm-hmm. After that, Saints. It's, I think they'd probably. It's home, so that helps. They could beat the Saints. The Saints have a lot of experienced guys, though. They just the have Texans a defense. They don't have an offense. They got an offense. They'll beat the Panthers. <laughs> Chris Olave, dude, come on. Yeah, they're averaging like 17 points <laughs> a game, Kamara. baby. 17 points a game right okay, now. You, you can't argue this they're, with RJ. They're, they're coming, dude. Trust me. They are coming. Coming for what? They're coming. Third place in their division? No. They'll beat the Panthers after that. <laughs> Look at that, that division. So. Come on. They're not getting third place. Yeah, you watch. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, I mean, this team's legit. I mean, they injured Kenny Pickett. They held them to six points. I mean, this is uh they Matt Canada really proved Antonio Brown right about the little <laughs> Twitter thing. So yeah. I mean this the Steelers offense, I mean you just look at them, they got George Pickens, they got Allen Robinson, Deontay Johnson when he's healthy, Calvin Austin, Pat Firemuth, Najee Harris, Jalen Moore, the Washington from Georgia, and then a decent old line. Yeah. There's no reason why they should be this bad. Yeah, they sh- they're good on paper. On paper, they look great. There's no reason why they should be this 
bad. Like Matt Canada is really a war criminal. Did they score a touchdown or was <laughs> no, that two it was field two goals? field goals? Yeah. My boy Trubisky came back in the end. They outperformed Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. I mean, uh, he, you know, he only had five attempts. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, he had a higher QBR and passer rating. So. How good is Kenny Pickett? Do you think a lot of his struggles no, have been good. on Matt Canada? Or? Some of Take it, the I don't, gloves off. I don't think he's very special. We all knew that. He's going to be 30 by the time his rookie contract ends. But there's hmm. plenty of guys who aren't very special who can make careers out of it. And yeah. he's kind of looking like it's kind of going to be a short career. Like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. He's he's like a he's like a Jacoby Brissett type of not saying like they're different players, but in terms of success, that's what you drafted with your first round pick. I had like a third round grade on him. I didn't think he was special, mm-hmm. and he's yet to show me anything really. And of course, he wears the two gloves like a wacko. Yeah, <laughs> that just kind of turns me off. Yeah, oh, come on, two glove Teddy was killing it back oh, in the yeah, day. You're right. He's different. <laughs> I feel bad for Teddy because of what happened to him, but yeah. two glove Kenny. His last name is Pickett. Like I'm gonna pick you off. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's that special. I would have just stuck with Trubisky for a year and drafted someone in the 2023 draft. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have done. Um, based off when these guys were drafted, and I know Kenny Pickett was a first round pick. Are you more disappointed in Kenny Pickett or George Pickens not being able to really get going? He's very inconsistent. Pickens. They just don't. He. Obviously, he gets in his head mentally, and he does. He's not a great route runner. Like he really isn't a great route runner. He's a playmaker. He's one of the worst route runners. He's a playmaker. The <laughs> they don't use him right, and then they don't give him the ball enough. So it's just well, I, I mean, don't know like, what we were gonna expect. Really, we, we were talking about Atlanta earlier, and like Drake London isn't the best route runner, but they find ways to just get him the ball. Yeah, they have some creativity. Well, why can't the Steelers do that? You know what is what is their issue? <laughs> I mean, I guess we know what their issue is. But. I feel like Kenny Pickett's one of the biggest issues because he does. I feel like he just sits back there and he doesn't like to take shots. He wants mm-hmm. to play it by the book, you know, make his reads, and he takes too long back there. When you got George Pickens out there, who can just be like, "Oh, he's got a one-on-one, boom, right there," you know. Do you feel like this is the end of the Tomlin era, along yeah. with Matt Canada? It very well could be. They're not getting to this winning record this year, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. They were talking about firing them last year when they went 8-8. Eight and eight, so. mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't fire Canada after last year. The offense was terrible last year. That was, that was just oh, That's, that's yeah. just ineptitude. Really? It really is. Like, um, they had talent last year, too. No matter who was at quarterback, they looked bad. If they looked Mike, bad with ben, Big Ben. Even though he was kind of a carcass, 2020 <laughs> he still had some juice in him. He had still had some heater in that arm, but it looked bad back then. <laughs> um, if Mike Tomlin is no longer the Steelers head coach, how fast would you call him as the Bears GM if you were in that position? Would you give him a shot? I don't think he would want to come back. I think he's done. He's a longtime Steelers guy. He's got to be done, right? He's young. Really? He's like in his 50s, late 40s. That's young. I mean, we had for, had for coaches, about, yeah. We had to hear him talk about Pete Carroll being seventy-two on national yeah. TV five times last yeah, night. That was annoying. <laughs> My grandpa does not like Pete Carroll. <laughs> we can talk about that game next. <laughs> um, so yeah, nah, he's still young. I mean, let's look it up right now. He's like in his forties. Yeah, but I feel like he's. 
had such a good run run with the Steelers. You're just like all these coaches are hanging all up. Career. They're all yeah, addicted that's what to I it. I mean, they're all addicted. That's fifty-one true. years old. He doesn't look fifty-one. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a great coach. Everyone is kind of he's kind of a polarizing guy. Is that who you want if you're the Bears though? Because yeah, a I want a veteran. Guy. I want a veteran coach. It's not about whether he's offense or defense. It's whether he has experience or not. Yeah, he's a culture we've, builder. We've gone through like the past five head coaches of guys who barely have any experience. True. I mean, you had Tressman, who was like, he's a Canadian football. Head he's coach. like, <laughs> he's like, oh, laddie, there. That's not, even <laughs> That's not even football. I'm telling you, go it's watch like, one of those games. It's and, like rugby. Yeah. It's like soccer and rugby mixed in with like being politically correct. Yeah, it's it's closer to rugby than football. And then we had John Fox, who was only head coach because he was like just given the title when really Peyton Manning was probably the head coach of that Broncos team that won the Super Bowl. Definitely, he wasn't even the coach when they won the Super yeah. Bowl. So. Like, and then after that, we've had Nagy, who was carried by Vic Fangio's defense that first year, mm-hmm. if we're being 100% honest. Yeah. I mean, you saw it the next three years after that that we had to suffer through. And then Eberflus, who hasn't really ever been a head coach ever. That boy lied on his resume. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Fraud. So, yeah, I'm taking Mike Tomlin in a heartbeat. I'm letting that man coach me day in, day out. Everybody keeps saying Lincoln Riley is the guy we should give a blank check to. Dude, if Mike Tomlin's on the free agent market, I'm picking him up. Well, they're not yeah. going to fire him after this season, so. Yeah. I'd be shocked if they did. I mean, we'll see. The way the way coaching market's been flipping around recently, you never know. Before we go into one more break, let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks against the New York Giants. I specifically want to talk about the New York Giants. Um, oh, how Lord. is Daniel Jones not dead? <laughs> I don't know how his heart is still beating Yeah. What was it, 11? 10 sacks? It was definitely double digits. Uh, it was, I believe, 11 sacks. Yeah. T- t- 10 sacks because Paris Campbell got sacked one somehow. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> so it was 11 total, but Dan Jones only got I mean, it was, like, it was like everyone had like a two-sack night. Like uh-huh. yeah. Every position group. Like you had Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, two linebackers with two sacks. Devin Witherspoon had two yeah, sacks as a corner. Yeah, you think he's an outside linebacker. <laughs> Devin Witherspoon was the most physical corner I've ever seen. He's going to be fun for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yuchenna Nwosu had two sacks. He's like a DN. Uh, Did Thibodeau have any? Or no, Thibodeau's the Giants. Thibodeau had two sacks with the Giants. Miles Adams, he had a sack, D tackle. Mario Edwards Jr., the old, the Bears, you know. <laughs> he had a sack. Bo- Boye Mafia, he was a good story. He saluted his deceased mother, who that was a great story. In sign language, mm-hmm. after his sack, it's the best celebration I've seen all year. So basically every position group dominated. But then they throw in the fact he had two picks from one from Devin Witherspoon. Hey, that was a top six pick. Mm-hmm. They got it right. Mm-hmm. They're reinstalling the Legion of Boom. I mean, so far, like if he can play like that every week, Jalen Carter might have some uh, might have yeah. some competition Quan- for that defensive Ca- rookie. Quandre Diggs. Mm-hmm. He's been around forever. He had a pick. I mean, Witherspoon's with a ninety-seven yard touchdown as well. So mm-hmm. that was fantastic. That was just a terrible read by Daniel Jones. <laughs> it was really like he, bad he even too. had time on that play. I, I don't know how to feel about Daniel Jones. I really don't. Yeah, like this year's off to a bad start. It's not. I'm not blaming him this year, but the previous three years before last year were bad. <clears throat> They'll just have like a couple good games everywhere, and you're like, maybe we should give this guy a chance. But man, I feel bad for him because he gets hit every play. I've yeah, not seen one much, play. How much can you blame his bad play on him this year? When I have the not seen hasn't... one play where he doesn't get hit either in the pocket. Getting sacked or like when he runs, so I don't know how he's still walking. Yeah, 
well, again, you watched that game last night. Number 75. No idea what his name is. I don't, Bradford? I'm sure the Giants don't even care what his name is. He's probably already packed his bags because yeah. that was one of the single worst performances I've ever seen out of an NFL offensive lineman in my entire life. Yeah, that was, that was rough. And I know, like, I can't say anything. I was a D3 offensive lineman for three <laughs> yeah. years. But at the same time, I, I know football when I watch yeah, it, and that I mean, was just atrocious. Nobody uh, paid you to play football. I'm guys getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to get pushed back into Daniel Jones's lap every, every single play. Single play. <laughs> I mean, I might be, you know, an Elmhurst cast off, you know, Tony Schiffman reject, but I mean, at least I know a couple things about blocking, and that was not blocking. No. Well, and then you watch Evan Neal, who we talked Evan, about yeah, a little Evan bit Neal, last week. It was just... There's the one play that's been flying around the internet today where he literally just body checks his tight end off of a block. So that the tackle has to go over there and try to make the block. But then the D-end and the outside linebacker do a twist. So then he's going full steam right as the outside <laughs> linebacker walks free right to his left and gets a sack. And he didn't even get the guy he was going for. Not even close. He missed dude. him. Not even close. It's a shame they invented something called technique. Yeah. He he's, no- he's 6'7", he's 350, he can move, he's got like abs. But then there's something called technique. That's like some of these offensive linemen. Like I th- swear to God, it's a all fi- these Alabama offensive linemen always stink. It's the fi- it's like a fifty fifty with a lot of these guys where it's like they're all very moldable, but then like half of them just never learn and are just awful, and the other half just like skyrocket yeah. immediately. Like you look at guys that are like Trist- Tristan Wirfs, who people were he had a lot of technique. Those Iowa Iowa guys always have technique, but he was also still very much a moldable guy coming in. And the Buccaneers just unlocked his potential yeah. to, like, the max. Year one. You know, Jedrick Wills now lately has not been very good, but when he first came into the league, talk about Alabama guys, he was multiple, and he found a way to work in those first couple of years. And then injuries kind of got to him. That's kind of what's killed him since. Yeah, he's bad now. So, like, there's there's potential in all these guys, but it's like a 50-50 on if it was going to be unlocked or not. And I think the Giants just have no no idea how to Develop on his line. And they did it with Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas. I had think a they rough got start. lucky because he didn't start out great. And I think he just he figured it out. Is yeah, what happened. He did. And Neil ain't figuring anything out. Yeah, and he doesn't have a coaching staff who supports them enough. They've invested so much capital into that line, mm-hmm. and it just still and they sucks. terrible. Well, Will Hernandez is on Arizona now, so that was a waste <laughs> of a pick yeah. when they were getting him. Andrew Thomas took four years before he could even be yeah. like a feasible player. Evan Neal looks like. Hot garbage. Yeah, and they took him with what? Schmitz is a second round, round pick mm-hmm. this Top year. He's hurt pick. and he hasn't played very well. Yeah. Brendison was a draft pick at 68. Oh he didn't he want is... to play football. He was like, oh, I get hit. <laughs> I, I know I talked a lot about 75, but Brendison, dude, come on. Is that the center? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was bad. He didn't want to play football. He didn't want, he wanted to go home and be with mama. Push that button. Yeah. Um, he wanted to go home to mom and go sit in the house. He didn't <laughs> want to play football. Yeah. It, it's just, like, I don't understand how you can put that much into it and not develop a single one of them besides one guy who, again, like I said, did it on his own. It took him a while. Because it, it wasn't the Giants helping him. Yeah, he well, did he had it on Joe his own. Judge and he had, like, you know, Joe from, like, the sandwich shop as his online coach under Joe Judge. <laughs> one more quick fact. They are the Giants. They're eleven and ninety-three since the boat picture was taken. The infamous boat picture of all of them sitting on it with jeans and boots, like Odell and Victor Cruz and all of that. Oh, no. That picture had magical powers. Yeah, it destroyed their franchise. No. <laughs> like, yeah, apparently. 
Is it really worth it? No, not at all. Go to Miami and get some hamburgers and something else that starts with an H. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go through some more of these NFL games. We're about halfway through the show, so we got about an hour left. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the BJB Show. Welcome back to the BJ Boys Show. How's it going, folks? Welcome back to the Blue Jay Boys <laughs> show. These burritos are getting to sackly in the no. studio. So we are... I'll be back, guys. Chuck, give me your key. <laughs> oh. He so... pooped his pants. Here comes the diarrhea. <laughs> no, dude, don't tell him that. So me and RJ got this next game coming up here. We are talking about the Philadelphia Eagles against the Washington Commanders. As Sackley was saying before we hopped back on air, this might have been the game of the week. Mm-hmm. RJ, what did you like about the Eagles? I didn't watch it. <laughs> I saw the stats. I like Jalen Hurts um, getting hyped after the game. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you feel like in a lot of the Eagles games this season, they've been close ones? Mm-hmm. Do you think that their success from last year is going to help carry them through this year, or do you think it's going to slow down and these close games are going to catch up to them by the second half of the season? Good teams win games. I mean, they probably had a lot of close games last year. I'm sure, I think they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just what good teams do. So, I mean, the NFL is the NFL. Every team you play could end up in a close game. There's no bad teams. Mm-hmm. So, if you find a way to win, you find a way to win. Mm-hmm. So, um. What what do you think the ceiling of this team is? You know, sitting at four and zero, but having all those close games. Do you think it's the same team as last year Super Bowl it's right a, away? It's the same team as last year. They could easily go to the Super Bowl again. I mean, there's I feel like there's a lot better teams in the league this year mm-hmm. overall, especially in the NFC. Yeah, NFC and Patrick Mahomes got a couple weapons. Yep. You know, um, but yeah, I think Super Bowl Super Bowl is definitely the ceiling. Now, talking about the other team on the sideline, the Washington Commanders, are they good at football? These past couple of weeks is kind of up and down, up and yeah. down. What What is their ceiling? I mean, I saw Terry McLaurin had like eight receptions, I think. Yeah, eight, eight for 86, yeah. so probably his best game of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's a dog, and he doesn't really have that much of a quarterback. I mean, he's decent, but <clears throat> I'd say their ceiling, I don't know playoffs maybe a wild card win but they don't have enough firepower on defense to really that's probably why they lost this game because they were up big in the first half right Mm -hmm. yeah and they were up 17 to 10 in that first half but like for playing playing against the eagles yeah yeah. but i'd say wild card win would probably be the most they're going to get to yeah I think their their defense, especially on their defensive line, they have a lot of really solid players. Where they're lacking is that linebacker core. They're mm-hmm. missing a lot of talent. And their D-backs are just young. So you're dealing with, you know, you got talent, Emmanuel Forbes. You drafted him. You know, you have a good spot for him. There's a couple other younger guys. Um, you still have uh, Fuller, Kendall Fuller. You got talent there. It's just not always consistent because there's a lot of young guys. And you see that with, like, Going back to the Bears, a guy like Tyreek Stevenson. 
a very mm-hmm. young, a very physical corner who has a lot of potential, but there's games where he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. And I think in Washington, their defensive backs are getting caught in a lot of that where there's times where they look really good and that defense looks really daunting. And then you get to games where the D-line's doing their thing, they're getting pressure, but then because they're getting pressure so fast, the teams are running quick routes that are getting guys open super easy. Yeah, and they give up a lot of big big plays, mm-hmm. and that's what happened against the Eagles. Devontae yeah. Smith had a couple big catches. And A.J. Brown finally got involved, and which Brown, is something yeah. that the Eagles have needed so far yeah. this season that they haven't really been able to get. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had 175 on nine catches and two touchdowns. A.J. Brown is a beast. Where would you put him in your receiver ranking in the league? Do you think after the slow start this season that kind of pushes him down a little bit, or is he still top five, top seven receiver to you? He's definitely top five. So you got one, Chris Olave. Wild take, which is <laughs> right off the bat. Justin Jefferson. <laughs> um, I'd say he's definitely top five. He's probably four or five. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a big body, goes and makes plays. He's good underneath, too. He's a good route runner. You know, mm-hmm. where would you put Terry McLaurin in your list of wide receivers? That's a tough one. Probably 11, 12. He's around there. He's definitely a very solid one. Do you think a lot of his success is based off having a solid quarterback, or is he just. It could be the fact that he's been pretty much the only target there, semi. They got good backs that they like to throw to a lot, but mm-hmm. he's been the only target. I mean, he's. Scary Terry, fast, deep deep ball threat, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Welcome back. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Much better. Um, I wanted to ask you this question too. AJ Brown having his first like really pop off game of the season. After those first couple of games, did he move down on your wide receiver ranking at all, or was he still a top five guy to you even? Yeah, he's still top five. It was just mm-hmm. two, three games where, and there was even one game where he had like a sixty-yard touchdown called back. So, mm-hmm. and then on the other sideline, where would you put Terry McLaurin in your receiver rankings, especially after starting off a little slow with Sam Howell as his quarterback this year? Top fifteen. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Eleven, twelve. He's uh, he's very talented, but he just doesn't have the stats. Yeah. He's obviously not had the best quarterbacks, but you know, Dundre Hopkins could figure it out back in the day when he was with the Texans. They had five quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're gonna be, if you want to be a top five, top ten guy, you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like Mike Evans did it with Jameis Winston all those years. Fitzpatrick, now he's doing it with Baker. Jameis was slinging that thing though. To the so other was team, Baker. so was Baker. He okay. Yeah, Baker's a dog. Don't don't hand my boy yeah. Baker, dude. Baker Mayfield could really throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's talk about that game a little bit. Let's move on over to Buccaneers. We got our local Saints Ooh, expert in here. That was embarrassing. a rough one, buddy. Embarrassing. Um, Zero touchdowns. Crystal Lave, four yards. Are you serious? <laughs> I think he only had two targets too. Uh, so they didn't even try to get him the ball. He had six targets. He had oh, six really? targets. Uh huh. I mean, <laughs> still only one catch for four yards. Yeah, it's three yards a pass. I mean, that's rough. Yeah. Um. What What's wrong with this offense? Why haven't they been able to really get anything going so far? I mean, I. The first two weeks, they were really good. They were not really good. They averaged like 18 <laughs> points a game. Derek Carr had 353 the first game, and he had like 18 points a game in the second game. 18 points a game. It doesn't matter about points, though. They're moving the ball. That's they, what wins oh, you games, yeah. the points. This, this, <laughs> no. this is the reason they're bad. They can't score in the red zone. They yeah, cannot. Derek, points. Derek Carr's always sucked in the red zone, and mm. he's continuing it here. You know? Well, first off, you guys can't run the ball. You proceed to keep on running it. Especially behind Penning. Kamara wasn't that bad. Penning has like four brain cells. Yeah, that's, that's true. 
hate that guy. And then your Pete's boy, not your much boy better. Andrews Pete, yeah. Pete's what Pete, happened I to Pete? He was like a pro bowler, now he's like he had, the backup. Yeah, Charles Leno syndrome. That's what happens. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, what was that? His second year, I think he was a pro bowler. Yeah. It's like seventeen was, through twenty twenty. And then they gave him a bag. <laughs> he got it literally once he got the bag, he became terrible. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't great before that too. He was a pro know. bowler. I don't know if he was a pro bowler. I, I remember was a pro bowler. Those, I well, no, I I know he was, but I don't know if he was really on that caliber, like. Mm. Watching him, he's always been a guy who just he's got three good plays in him, and then he just gives up the sack. Yeah, that's always how he's been. I mean, if you're looking for some positives, I mean, Brian, I think I think Brian Brzee would be a very good player. Yeah, four tackles, a sack, three TFLs, mm-hmm. solid. Well, that and their defensive backfield is fantastic. They've been one yeah. of the best in the league so far. Yeah, Lattimore, uh, Lante Taylor, Taylor, Matthew can still play. They gotta find a second guy though, because. They, the Buccaneers just literally picked on that backside corner the whole game because Alante Taylor plays <clears throat> nickel, and they picked on that second guy the whole game. they got to find Isaac someone. Isaac is, is there anybody that you would want them to go after come trade deadline? <clears throat> That's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, we talked about a guy a little bit earlier, Jalen Johnson. He's looking for Jaylen a contract Johnson. if they're competing to make a playoff spot. I personally hate Jalen Johnson, but... <laughs> He'd be an Wait, okay number two. Yeah, if you I take guess. him as a number two, come on. Yeah. What What would you give for a guy of like Jalen Johnson's caliber? Um, second I mean, round pick. We got the Saints. Got to go now. So yeah, I'd give him a pretty high pick. Second, definitely not a first. <laughs> maybe a second. Maybe backup tack, nose tackle or something like that. W- would you be willing to pay him after the season? His contract's up this year. <laughs> Mm, maybe. I don't know, though. Yeah, I would have to see how he plays. Personally, I thought the sh- the Saints should have just rebuilt after last season. They were about to. They should have. They almost blew it up, and then they got Derek Carr. The defense is very old. They're good, but they're very old. And they could keep Chris Olave. Offensive line is bad. Michael Thomas is again older. Taysom Hill's like 32. Kamara's approaching 30. I feel like the only reason they use Taysom Hill at all is because they gave him a contract. Mm. He gets some first downs. He's he, been playing well this year. Yeah, he does, just, but like, I feel like you just don't need to. Like, He shouldn't be on this team. Again, Like, they should have just blown it up. Yeah. We should have traded him while his value's high. Exactly. Because he, he's just going to get less and less. So it's like, I don't know. But can other teams really use him? Like, You're not going to yeah, get what you really him. value him for. I think he has the talent that other teams could use them. I think there's teams that do use guys like that already. So, like, San Francisco would be a team that would probably want yeah. to just go and grab them. That just would the be heck nice. I think they gave up on him at quarterback a little too soon. Yeah. Taysom Hill? He won games. It was unorthodox, but he won games. It was games. because of the defense. Yeah, he was they putting up They were scoring, like, a touchdown He a was game. putting up some points, though. No, he was not. It wasn't necessarily through the air, but he was putting up some points. I guess. I don't know. He'd have a couple of rushing touchdowns every game. Yeah, that's true. And he did know. he did command the offense well. He just couldn't get the ball anywhere. You know? Hit him with the read option. It's amazing to me that he's had this career because he had four straight seizing injuries in college. I yeah. thought he was just gonna be like an undrafted guy, which he was, and then one training camp be done. Go to be Mormon in Utah. <laughs> Sean Payton made his career. I never thought he'd be like a tight end receiver, punt protector, quarterback, running back type guy. I never saw that coming. I love him on special teams. I like watching Saints special teams just to watch him. <laughs> it's great. It's nuts. Yeah, he just. But, yeah, but let's move on to Tampa, the team that is doing right here. 
26-9, to 2-0 away. Baker Mayfield let him bake. 246, <laughs> three touchdowns. They ran the ball. I know 114 yards, not the best yards per carry, but that offense, that run-first offense under Dave Canales with you know, Evans and Godwin and this Tompkins fella, the Rashad White in the backfield, Kate on at tight end, it's pretty solid. Yeah, I think I think out of anybody on this team that I'm most like happy with, it'd be Kate on. Yeah, I think he's really stepped up into a like very solid starting tight end in this league, and I don't think mm-hmm. people were 100 percent expecting him to do that. I think a lot of that is Baker trusting him a lot, and I wasn't super surprised by Baker just because I love Baker Mayfield. I think he just needed the right situation. I think he just wasn't in a good good culture for him in Cleveland. Yeah. And then when you saw what happened in L.A. where he did start playing a little bit better because they have a very good culture there. Good scheme. And then I think, as we talked about earlier when we were talking about the Bears needing to build a culture, Tampa Bay has an extremely good culture. Yeah. I think he just needs to be in a place that is more supporting to him and not like trying to abuse his talents. Hey, for what it's worth, I mean, 2020 he was great. Mm-hmm. 2021 he hurts his shoulder. And it kind of goes downhill. It's the scapegoat for that team. If basically. he didn't hurt his shoulder, he probably was he was playing good that year before he hurt his shoulder. He probably he'd still be good. Mm-hmm. He'd probably still be there if anything. In L.A. No, in uh, Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland, yeah. So I mean, now you get him in a scheme where you can play action and you run the ball. Cleveland is like they're doing now. He's an effective quarterback. That's what they do in L.A. You can say all you want about the passing game, Cooper Cup, Pukunakua. They want to run the ball. They want to run outside zone. They want to run the ball. Establish the run. Their issue is that they just don't really have the best running back. Yeah, that and they don't have a great <laughs> offensive have Matthew line. Stafford, so you have to use that. Yeah. Did he play through a broken ankle or something? <clears throat> he plays through something broken every season, I think. <laughs> He's one of those guys. That's I saw something. like a bunch of videos saying he was playing through a broken ankle. Huh. Who is this? Stafford. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We can move on over to that game, the other overtime game of the week, the Rams against the Colts. Did he play through a broken ankle? No, sadly? he didn't. I don't know what that report was. <laughs> Puganakua. Puganakua! Um, <laughs> Rookie of the year, baby. I Co- can see it. Cooper Cup's coming back. What happens to Puganakua? Does he still get the same amount of targets? He is, is he- playing the Cooper Cup role, because I do think it's like a position at this point. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. I think he he'll probably still get like a decent amount of targets, but he's not going to get fed the ball yeah. like he was. I mean, Chuck, you're saying they don't have a running back. I mean, Kyron Williams, 25 for 103, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. That's not shabby. <laughs> he's not fancy, and that's the only running back they have now. Their backup is Ronnie Rivers, who's been there for like 10 years as a special <laughs> teamer. Puka, I mean, nine catches, 163 and a touchdown. He's got 45 catches through... Uh, four games, rookie record. I mean, he looks fantastic. That, you're, you're not going to just phase him out. Yeah, I don't think that's solely because he's in the Cooper Cup role. Yeah. He's, he's a dog. He's talented. He's <laughs> talented. I don't know, man. He can make plays. What what don't you like about him? What what makes you think he's not going to? It's just the fact that <clears throat> that Cooper Cup role is a Cooper Cup role, mm-hmm. you know? So you can only have one guy on the field that's doing that. So Puka Nakua might just kind of get put to the side and used as a third down threat or whatever. So, <clears throat> but we'll see. I mean, if there's a guy they're gonna phase out. It'll probably be Tutu Atwell. He's a good deep ball threat. He's a little guy, but yeah, he'll just be plays. a deep ball dude. That's what I think. Well, I think there's there's a spot for that in that L.A. offense. You think about what Robert Woods did all those. I think that's kind of the role that Tutu Atwell plays. I think he's in that Robert Woods like slot, and I don't think they have like. Puka Nakua slot is like because that's why I think Tutu Atwell is probably not going to get phased out as much is because he's still just going to keep that same role. Yeah, I don't think they. 
like not that they don't know what they're going to do with Puka Nakua because it's McVeigh and Sean McVeigh's a genius, and I think he's one of the best coaches. They'll find a way to use both those guys. Yeah, I mean, and you said you can only have one Cooper. What says you can't have two Cooper Cups? Have you seen it tried? Well, they're, I mean, we'll they're see. feeding one when they guy had him and Odell. They both someone twelve targets. They were both the slot receivers. Yeah. So those go two slots. And Matthew Stafford throws the ball fifty times a game usually. Yeah, like, true. He's going to get his targets. Yeah. As long as he keeps catching them. And that man, he's got glue for fingers. This, Puka. Yeah. This no-name defense is playing pretty well. Other than Aaron Donald. Well, that's a pretty big name. <laughs> yeah, but you got one out of 11. You got Ernest Jones in our 10-tackle game. Yeah, I don't think you can name a single one of these other guys. Michael Archie, Hoyt. Michael um, Hoyt, the one technique who now plays outside linebacker. Kobe Durant, two great NBA players. For a name, Darian Kendrick from Georgia. Keller Weatherspoon. I didn't know he was still in the league. Deswan Des Johnson. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Jonah Williams. I guess Jonah Williams now plays defense. And yeah, but they pitched, the, they pitched a shutout in the first half, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yeah. almost blew this game. It was not yeah. a clean win at all. At all. But for the Colts, I mean, Anthony Richardson yeah. play. How, how about Anthony Richardson? Dog. He's looked a lot better through in the passing game than I thought he was going to. I mean. Obviously, he didn't complete most of his passes this game alone for 25, but 200 yards, eight yards a pass, two picks. I mean, two touchdowns, no picks, and then 10 for 56 and a touchdown on the ground. I mean, he looks great. He's almost like, you know, Stroud getting on his back. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty-minded people. <laughs> and then defensively, you know, they're hanging in there. They got a bunch of, you know, their secondary obviously didn't do well. Kenny Moore and all the guys, Julian Blackman, but. Shaq Leonard, I still have yet to see some Shaq Leonard games from him. Buckner is still there. Uh, this this team will probably hang around for most of the season, then kind of fall out of the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of going back to Anthony Richardson, this is one guy that I'm very happy that I kind of predicted. I think he's going to end up being, again, still one of the best quarterbacks in this class. Yes, yeah, yeah. I liked him a lot. Very large quarterback. I had him class. as my QB, too. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll – I was very wrong about C.J. Stroud on the other side of things. Which one of these guys do you think still has a higher ceiling? Stroud, because Richardson's gonna—he's gonna be like Cam and just eventually get hurt. Mm-hmm. He's already but done that this year. Attrib- like physical attributes, he's got the talent. Yeah. What but, if he doesn't get hurt? Yeah. Well, what yeah. if Cam Newton never got hurt? I think he's gonna get hurt. He's playing for the Indianapolis Colts. Remember what they did to Andrew true. Luck? Oh yeah, R.I.P. He, he quit, man. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Done. He, he said, "I'm done. <laughs> Screw the 35 million a year. I'm done." They messed him up so bad. He was I'm like, going I don't home. even want to play for another team. I'm yeah, done. <laughs> he retired pretty quick there. So, I mean, I do, I do really want to see the combination of Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor in the run. Yeah, mm. that's gonna be gnarly. Oh, and then they can still toss it up to Michael Pittman in the basket. Yeah, Pittman and Pierce. He didn't even have a good game this week. My boy Pierce, I played against him in uh, high school. I'll get you Pierce. next time, Alec Pierce. Yeah, I don't think you're looking to shot to get when I again. When I make it to the NFL in two years after playing semi-pro for the Leiden Lions. <laughs> all planned out, baby. I'm going to be a mean fullback. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, this Colts team, we talked about it a little bit with the Texans. Do you think they are more competitive than the Texans kind of moving forward in the season? Texans have more built around Stroud. I yeah. feel like the team is more solid. Anthony Richardson's kind of just carrying the Colts right now. Yeah, they, they have a lot of guys who are just like like Mo Alicox is an athlete, he's just a big yeah. dude. Pittman's kind of just an athlete, a big dude. Yeah, it's less guys hey, with defined roles. Taylor's a guy <clears throat> that can carry you to the playoffs, so we got to see what they look for when they true. get Taylor. 
Well, that's like if he like, <coughs> goes out there and he actually wants to play football is kind of the other thing. Yeah, though. that's what I was going to well, say. If he's going to be laxative, if he wants to do there. that, then he won't never get paid. Because that's be like, oh, he didn't run well last year. Why are we going to pay you? Mm-hmm. So uh, he's fumbling on, the bag. Based on what I've what I've seen so far, I think a lot of these injuries he's been going through aren't as serious as they actually are. I don't think a lot of this like kind of drama going on has been all the front office like the media has kind of been painting it to be. You know, and I don't think Ursay is doing a very good job handling the situation either. He's he's a whole other <laughs> type Ursay of Ursay probably had a few you know what's in him while he was doing all this. <laughs> but I also think Jonathan Taylor's part to blame in all this too. Oh, definitely. So I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and just didn't play well, all because he was mad about not getting a contract. Yeah. And if I see that, uh, that makes me sad because first of all, he's a Wisconsin guy. Wisconsin he's a great legend. player. But I also have a lot of faith in Anthony Richardson. If he doesn't get that support from his other star player on the team, like where is that development to come from? Mm-hmm. We see that with the Chicago Bears when you can't put anything around a guy, and, he, and like they have an opportunity to put something around him. So he's got to come out and play. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, Zach Moss has been playing super hard for him. So like, he's playing good. I don't know why the Bills were so quick to cut him. Me neither. They could they could use. I mean, a bigger they, they like James Cook apparently a lot. So he's been playing really good. Mm-hmm. Especially in the receiving game. Yeah. Let's talk about that. The Bills have another big week. Big win. Another huge one. Josh Allen is bumped up to the MVP favorite right now. Yeah, How do you I mean, feel about that? I mean, they. everyone was hyping up Miami. They said, hey, this is still our division. Josh Allen was no longer God's tastiest baby in front of God's hungriest <laughs> pit bull. Love to see it. I mean, he played flawlessly. I mean, 21 out of 25, same amount of incompletions. He did touchdowns with a rushing touchdown. I mean. Ever since week one where he had that, he's played very well. He's not doing playing recklessly. Uh, I'm happy to see that you know, James Cook so far has been the number one guy. He's playing well. They got two veterans, Damon Harris, Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray playing for his eighteenth team yeah. of his career. <laughs> Diggs Saints, is Saints just, legend. Yeah. Diggs is just a beast. Gabe's Gabe Davis is producing a little bit more this year. They kinda got rid of Dawson Knox from the offense now that they drafted Kincaid, so I didn't understand that whole Shebang. Yeah, they kind of just side graded. They're, yeah. they're like the same player. I, I don't, I don't know what that was about. And then my other thing is like, they did that, and then they still like barely use Kincaid. Yeah, yeah. Like he gets like checkdown passes. Yeah, That's what he got in this 40, last game. Really. Forty yards, 27? 27. 27. Four catches 27. for twenty-seven on five targets. Everyone yeah. always forgets about the Bills. They have a top three defense in the league. Oh yeah. They have been a top three defense the last two years. How, how big is losing a guy like Tre'Davious White for the season though? That's their leader, man. Mm-hmm. That's their spiritual leader. That's their leader in the locker room. That's their that hurts. They're kind of used to pl- without playing, but that hurts. Yeah. Especially if Micah, uh, if Jordan Poyer's not going to be hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, he was out too. That and that that hurt him in this game but a little hey, bit. The front seven needs to step up. Greg Gregory so is. I think he's starting to come into. He's starting to learn how to play football. Two sacks. Yeah. Two sacks at Oliver's. Finally starting to produce I'm like a, a top ten Ed pick. Oliver fan. I think he's a guy that has a lot of. Talent. I remember watching him when he was a freshman at Houston. He was always been a grown man. Well, he was another kind of like Jalen Carter, where he was supposed to be the first overall pick at one point, and then yeah, just and then fell. Houston fell off. They yeah. weren't a top ten team anymore. He, he didn't play in that. He like game. smacked a coach. Yeah. It was nuts. <laughs> Milano's a dog there too. Oh, Milano, I love Matt Milano. Yeah. Bears legend Leonard Floyd, AJ <laughs> Espenza to get to produce, but. Yeah, Tim Settle, you know, Jordan Phillips is a mountain of a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, Teron Jackson's decent. 
You know, he's been there a while now. Taylor Rapp, they got him in free agency. Not really feeling the effects of Tremaine Edmonds. That really says a lot about the Bears. Well, Milano stepped up really quickly. And you could see it last year, too. Well, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think last year he kind of overtook that number one linebacker role anyways. Yeah, that's why they were so willing to trade him. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. On the on the Dolphins side, what what is the worry about this team now? After we thought they were juggernauts after those first three weeks, what what is wrong with this team? Well, I mean, they had four fumbles. They lost one of them, and then two or three picks. There's two turnovers. It's their defense. They allowed 48 points. You're not going to win doing that. No. I mean, they still ran the ball well. I mean, you lost to a great team in Buffalo on the road. So it's not like it's a terrible loss. It's just your defense. They look good for the, they look bad week one, good week two and three, but they just got to figure it out. They'll get Jalen Ramsey back. They'll be fine. They're playing. Who's he playing this week? I believe it's not a very good team. They're playing the Giants this week, so that's a get right <laughs> so, game. Probably another seventy. Points. And then after that, <laughs> oh, they could play the Panthers. So the next two weeks they'll be fine. After that's the Eagles. I don't think they'll beat the Eagles. Then they have the Patriots. They own the Patriots. Chiefs will be a good game. They'll beat the Raiders. Jets, command. they have a weak schedule. Commanders, Titans, Jets again. Cowboys, they'll lose that. So, they'll be fine. I'm not worried. All, all the games that you said they were going to lose were two of the top teams in the league. Do you think this team can win a Super Bowl? This is a team where things have to go right for them to win. They have to get the right matchups. Tua needs to stay healthy. They have to have the Miami Heat run, basically. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Uh, RJ, do you feel like this team can be Super Bowl winners still? I didn't really agree with Sackley. I feel like some of those games they're gonna, though, if they can take them deep, they're gonna win. You know, especially like Cowboys. Well, I mean, the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals, so I think anybody can really yeah. beat them. I mean, like yeah, I said, yeah, but then the Cowboys really, will have a game like they did yesterday, yeah. where their defense looks like the best defense we've ever seen. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I, I mean, I think they can make a deep playoff run. I don't know about Super Bowl because of how good like the 49ers and the bills and the chiefs are you know but i think they can get get there and mm-hmm. if they take them deep in a game maybe they get lucky win get in the super bowl nice. next game i wanted to talk about was a team that was also supposed to be super bowl contenders at the beginning of the season and now look like they are about to hit the panic button the cincinnati Bengals against the tennessee Ooh, titans jeez what is wrong with the cincinnati Bengals? We've oh, talked about it every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow got paid, and he was like, I'm not playing football <laughs> I'm <checking> anymore. Out. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not healthy. And the offensive line is, after year four, is still terrible. Yeah. So you're, now you're asking, you've asked him to do everything these last three years and get hit every play. Now he's doing well not being healthy, not be having a decent run game. So he's never really had a decent run game. He's had no offensive lines. He's taking all these hits and having to carry everything. He's probably just... Tired. Tired and broken down right now, really. I mean, his calf is messed up. He probably has other stuff that always goes under the window that we find out after the season. Mm-hmm. Every time I turned that game on, I had, you know, split screen. I was at my friend's house. Every time I turned that, what well, looked at that game, it was just him getting hit. Like, that adds up. Mm-hmm. Like, no one talks about that knee injury he had rookie year. That's a terrible knee injury. ACL, LCL, cartilage. It's amazing that he came back and was, like, good after that. Almost won a Super Bowl. I won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, that's insane. But. And then almost won an MVP the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, Their defense isn't stepping up to the plate like they need to. I mean, they let old Derrick Henry dominate them. Maybe Henry isn't washed after all. Wow, I'm even, still trading. I'm especially trading him after even that. Even Tannehill yeah, look good. <laughs> Tannehill look good, which is a hard thing to do and make him look good. <laughs> Well, if Derrick Henry looks good, Tannehill can look good. That's yeah. usually how that works. Hopkins had looked decent. Nick Aquino Westbrook, 51 and touchdown. I mean, Derrick Henry had through that beautiful jump pass mm-hmm. to uh, Josh Wiley in the end zone. But mm-hmm. the Bengals just have nothing on offense right now. Nothing. How much longer do you think Joe Burrow has before this O-line catches up to him? And his career kind of looks like uh, this next one that fades away. Season or two. Yeah, it's already here. Like it might be already here. Yeah, I hate to say it, but it's it's game four, and they're still looking bad. I wasn't worried weeks one through two because they did it in twenty twenty two. Now I'm really worried. Like he does not look good. Yeah, they can't do anything. Yeah, their their one win comes against a Rams, Rams. team that isn't you know supposed to be. Competitive, really. They're supposed to be one of the worst teams. They've mm-hmm. overachieved so far. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought they were going to get two wins on the season. Maybe not that one, but they weren't going to be supposed. They to be weren't good. supposed to be where they are. They're hanging in there right now. They might be the seventh seed at this point in the NFC. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, do you feel like that this like what what do you feel like this Bengals team needs to do beyond adding offensive line? Do you think there's something that has to happen in the front office? That needs to change too in the on the sideline coaching wise. Like what? what just, needs to I've change? never believed in Zach Taylor. Like he's been good for him. He's been a great coach, but I just don't believe in him. Because like when they made that Super Run, a lot of people felt they made it to the Super Bowl in spite of him. Mm-hmm. And then like you know the own two star last year didn't look good. Doesn't look good now. It's just like, is he really that good? His first two seasons were terrible before Joe Burrow, or in Joe Burrow's rookie year. She almost ruined their number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's drop him back 40 times a game as a rookie behind a terrible offensive line and see what happens. So, I don't even know, really. Even even with their past success, do you think that makes this a make or break year for Zach Taylor then? I mean, if they go like 5-12, and 12, well, yeah, I'm firing them. But this is their last year of their championship window. Because after this year, they got to pay Chase. They, T. Higgins will be a free yeah, they, they agent. Gotta figure out what to do with T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. I mean, the defensive guys. You got Hendrickson. He's getting a little up there. Uh, I believe you'll have to pay Logan Wilson. DJ Reader will be a free agent. Mixon's gonna be a free agent. Plus, he's old now. Yeah, you don't want Joe Mixon anymore. After this I mean, he really wasn't good to ever begin with. But yeah. at, at least he was hurt. producing this season. He just hasn't been able to get anything going. Yeah, nothing. So this is their last year, really. Um, going back over to the Titans, Derrick Henry has an awesome game. What What is his trade value difference from last week to this week just based off that game? And do you think – are you still set on them getting rid of him come trade deadline? They're not going to get rid of him. I think they should have. I thought they should have just got rid of Tannehill and him coming into this year, mm-hmm. rebuild. But they're content with going 8-9 and nine and fighting for a four seed. But – why do you think they are okay with that? Because they have a great coach. They know they have a great coach, and they know that what they what they do works, no matter the talent. Mm-hmm. Like they almost did it last year, despite having like one of the least talented teams in the NFL. No quarterback. No quarterback. They had like third stringers up front on the old line. Yeah. Their defense isn't that special. Yeah. 
There's no one that other than Simmons where I'm like, ooh, I need to have him on my team. Well, maybe him, Kevin Byard, that's it. Harold Harold Landry every other week, you know. Yeah, yeah. Once, <laughs> once a, once a month. Maybe Travis Gibson at this point. Sean Murphy bun, bunting every other week, oh, yeah. too. <laughs> that's the first time I've heard his name since the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Where, and I've asked this about all the other AFC South teams. Because that division is just so wide open, do you think this team has a chance to win that division? Yeah. At this point, I'd give every team a 25% chance of winning the division. <laughs> no team looks impressive other than the Texans and getting on the back of C.J. Stroud. Yeah, and the only reason they look impressive is because they were just supposed to be bad. Yeah, they're supposed to be terrible. So yeah, they're still two and two. Yeah, them being like five hundred. I didn't really believe enough. in that because they they've been so bad. They have like two or three years worth of high picks on their team. So aren't they supposed to at least be decent? Yeah, I mean, and again, they are. Stingley has been playing well. I think he's gone under the radar after that. After getting drafted, I think people kind of didn't really hype him up when he got drafted. He was high pick, and everybody's just like, okay, yeah. sure, that happens. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's a fun team. I think I think this Titans team, I I don't think they have the ability to win the division. I I don't I don't I would give them a lower shot than these other teams. Again, I don't have faith in Tannehill. I think Derrick Henry. I think as good of a player as he is, and I think he's probably one of the best running backs I've seen play football. He's, he's in his prime. He's the yeah. best running back in the league. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest, the way he plays. It, He's it, not really not out of his prime. He's no. the O line just stinks. Again, I think if he went to a team with a good O line, he's still top three. Put him on the Browns. The He's the best running back in the league. Two years ago, when he got hurt, he was leading the league in rushing yards. Yeah, back five back weeks seasons, after he yeah. got hurt. Yeah, he was still the best running back in the league, and he had been hurt for half a season at that point. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. limiting his carries too. Mm-hmm. That second guy's pretty good, so they're giving him carries. Yeah, and last year they said they were giving him too much of a workload, so. I think they're focusing on I mean, that. and it showed. They were because his numbers were going down. He wasn't staying healthy as yeah. much. The O-line wasn't staying healthy as much. I think that was, like Sackley was saying, the big issue is that they just don't have an O-line there. Because they used to have, you know, Lawan, a younger Ben Jones. Yeah, ben Saffold was playing well. Yeah. Even Nate Davis looked okay. <laughs> I mean, Nate Davis didn't look too bad this week. I still Bears. hate him. Yeah, I still hate him. But <laughs> I still want to fight him, but. He looked all right. I don't, I don't want to fight him. He'd beat, he'd beat my butt. He's a big boy. <laughs> He's a big boy. <laughs> um, let's move on to our next game. Uh, America's game of the week, mostly because it had a lot of viewers due to one reason. The Kansas City Chiefs against the New York Jets. That game surpassed 27 million viewers, which was one of the highest viewed NFL games of all time. It's strictly just a business transaction. It's that relationship. <laughs> That's an absurd statement. But, I mean... <laughs> This was the most rigged thing I've ever seen. Because the NFL Instagram and Twitter said, Chiefs are 2-0 as Swifties. They had Taylor as, like, their, not the profile, but the the background picture. Uh, I mean, then they get those, like, three holding penalties on that last drive oh, to run out the clock. The interception. That was the most blatantly rigged thing I've ever seen. Because they knew if they lost, the whole Swifties being NFL fans goes away. <laughs> I mean, this is the first time... Since high school, in which Patrick Mahomes has been outperformed in an NFL in a game by, by Zach Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> the reason you want to know why he did that, we all know why. Because the number one mom in the NFL was in the stadium, <laughs> Donna Kelsey. That's why. He's like, I gotta perform well. I don't know, for she her. was hanging out with Jake from State Farm a little bit. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> I mean, she just she knows everybody now. She must be in in Hollywood. I don't know. She did some occult sacrifices or something. I don't know. She was in a commercial, wasn't she? With I feel like the dad never gets any love. 
They're divorced, so someone did something wrong. No. Donna's the one hanging out with Jake from State Farm again. That's I mean, all I got to say. Well, what about my boy Ed Kelsey? How come he never gets any recognition? <laughs> he, you know, he also made them, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Ed, Ed seems like more of a reserve type, more of the Jason Kelsey type. Yeah, yeah I was that's like, what I was going to say. Like, Travis Kelsey is... Outgoing, that that type of thing, and Jason Kelsey's more of a hard nose, you know. But in terms of the game, that guy. was that quarter and a half where the Jets popped off. That was the first time I've ever seen Mahomes like have like the God's tastiest pit bull <laughs> or tastiest baby look in his eyes, and where he was like eyes are wide and he didn't know what to do. Even in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers, when he was fighting for his life every single play, he never even had. Yeah, yeah like he was just I'm gonna throw it up here and <laughs> see what happens. Like it looked bad. And, of course, I did have him on my fantasy team, and he had to be a good guy and slide on that last run <laughs> instead of scoring a touchdown. Oh, I, I lost because of that. Cause DK, I needed him to get five. He got seven, so <laughs> he gets that six for the touchdown. I win, but thanks a lot. <laughs> Way to be a good teammate, Patrick. <laughs> um, but for the Jets, I mean. Yeah, let's talk about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, he, he played some ball there for a little bit. Praise to that kid, man. He's, he's been got so all. much around him. If uh-huh. he doesn't perform with that, he might really, be one of the he worst has no offensive line. Really? Their offensive They're line old, is terrible. I thought they were. They're terrible. Really? They can't run the ball. Well, the, it's not even like that. It's not that they're old. They have a lot of young guys on their line, but they just like are never healthy, fully healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Beckton's always hurt. I think Beckton he's out right, right now? now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Vera Tucker can never really stay on the field. And then they got to put him at tackle. Uh-huh. And then that Tipman, they're playing him at guard instead of center. Even though he's like a true center, like he was yeah. center coming out for sure. From uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. they got one running back because Cook is washed. Oh, I he's seen... so bad, dude. They got <laughs> really Lazar and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, That's two that good bad. guys. He just like the Vikings offense was so perfect for him. So it was just yeah. so spread out. Exactly. Yeah. When he has to actually be a running back, he can't be a running back. Brees Hall isn't much better either. Brees Hall's good. He's just... I don't know. He they got bad his, offensive. He line. gets his explosive plays every once in a while, but then like That's other how he times he played he last just, year too. Yeah, he just yeah, like he only had six carries. It's this. It's what I thought. Yeah, he had a crazy game this time. But they ended up throwing the ball thirty nine times with Zach Wilson. So, but like I always said this about like Saquon too, and I felt this way about Saquon is that like they have their like three plays a game that like people just freak out about. And the rest of the game, they're just running straight. Yeah, to the when back you make Saquon have to think and be running exactly. back, he's not very good. And I feel the same way know, about Brees Hall. He makes some nice cuts. Like when you watch the game, he's hitting backside B like as nobody's business, mm-hmm. and that's where he gets his big plays from. Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll yeah. see how he keeps going. Like in talk his about, career. I mean, talk about running backs, Pacheco. I mean, he runs Angry like man. he Mad. runs like he has to like save his baby from falling <laughs> off a bridge. Yeah. He runs hard. <laughs> so hard. And you look at the other guy on that team, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, that's like always what he was missing, is that he was just very hesitant when yeah. it came to like yeah, just running He's so ball. little, you gotta figure it out. Pacheco, he's just like, it's a shame he'll never really get a good payday. But man, he runs hard. I mean, you never know. See, he he's so happy because he was at Rutgers. <laughs> and they had a terrible offensive line at Rutgers, and he still got drafted. So now that he has a good one, he actually has holes to run through. He's just like feasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're so n- they're not going to pay him when it comes time to it's, pay it's, him. It's a shame because they have Mahomes and they don't need much. They'll, in the they'll run just draft game. some other running. They'll back just draft another guy in the sixth know. round. <laughs> yeah. They drafted Kareem Hunt in the fifth, sixth round. Yeah, yeah, they always figure it out there. It's just I don't like, know why they took Edwards Alaire in the first. That was kind of weird. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. 
Because I feel like they just didn't really have anything else to add. They were just like, screw it, grab the best guy that was yeah. that we felt ha- had the biggest hole on our team. They're just like, grab the best guy in that position. Let's yeah. let's move on from that. Um, let's move on to the next game. I want to talk about the Chargers against the Raiders. Aiden O'Connell gets his first career start. Doesn't look great, but a lot of that has to do with the Ooh. offensive line of the offensive Raiders. Offensive line is terrible. Cleo Mack feasted. We yeah, six sacks. Six, six sacks. sacks. That guy Bears has three legend. times the sacks as the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, we should have kept him. <laughs> Ryan Poles committing war crimes. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know what the Raiders were thinking. They had a bad offensive line last year. They've they, had a bad offensive line for like the past ten years. <laughs> and they were. Uh, it was a couple years, yeah. but yeah, a couple Donald Penn years in there. Yeah, but I don't then, know why they thought Jimmy G was a solution. Like, they I mean, had the battle all line, but then they returned the same five guys from last year. Yeah. They got Colton Miller, who's okay. He's the only one that's, like, worth anything. Dylan Parnum's, like, 275. Andre James, I had no clue where he's from. I think he's an NPC. I don't know. <laughs> who, I don't, he's who's one the, of the guys on the Madden side. Who's their right guard? I don't even know who their right <laughs> They got Van Roten. I don't know, some German dude. Greg Van Roten. And then they got Jermaine Illuminor. We like, everyone that, like... Whenever the announcers talk about, they like laugh and then they say, "Oh, he's a great guy." <laughs> so like that doesn't, doesn't sound like he's an awful football yeah, player. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's just suspect. awful. Yeah. I mean, Mac just Mac likes to line up against right tackles. He just feasts. He had six sacks on him. We did power. He did speed. He did this. He did that. He did everything. Mm-hmm. He had about two or three strip sacks. I mean, that's what the, I expect out of this defense. Mm-hmm. With him, Bosa, Sante Samuel Jr., Kendricks. Uh, Kenneth Murray. I mean, Nick Williams is on there, old Bears legend. They got the uh, Polynesian man from USC. There's too much talent. I'm tired of them being bad. There's too much talent on this defense to be bad. Yeah, I mean, like... German James, best player of all of them, I forgot. When when I was talking about this show and, like, what we were going to do for this show early, I was thinking about doing, like, a tier ranking list. And both of these teams, so far this season, even with this win against the Raiders, I would put them both in either relegation territory or almost relegation territory. It's just like, I don't understand why neither of these franchises can ever just figure it out with the talent that they have. Yeah, they're in limbo. Well, the, the Raiders should have never spot. got rid of Rich Viscaccia. Yeah. The players wanted him. The media wanted him. Players loved him. He did well. He performed. He led them to the playoffs. It's not like he inherited a great team. They're 3-2 and two on a two-game losing streak. And their best receiver does what he did yeah. in the middle of the season, and they had to go get Deshaun Jackson to be the number one wide receiver. <laughs> and they still, and really, they should have beat the Bengals. That Jamar Chase touchdown was after a blown whistle, and they got a bunch of other calls in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking about the trade deadline a lot this uh, episode, and with four games into the season, you're kind of seeing the guys that are emerging as trade deadline targets. The Raiders probably have three of them. <coughs> they have Hunter Renfro, who's been a trade deadline target yeah. since the beginning of the season, like before the season started. But now with them not being very well, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams kind of hop on that. I, I would trade them. What, I'd trade Devontae. What, what, sure. what is the value for e- either of those guys? Devontae's a first-round pick in my mind. Jacobs is probably a second or third. He's got no contract. And he's, do, you, do you see a lot of interest in these guys come trade deadline time? I think so. I think teams will want Crosby, but I'm not giving them Crosby. Crosby's yeah, I think too Crosby good. Sticks. That's why I was he's good. He's very good. Well, especially since like Chandler Jones is no longer on the team. That's a whole different story. 
Paid actor. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about NBC. <laughs> he might be an NBC. Yeah, well, the that, scariest that thing is that his brother is John Jones. Uh-huh. John recently said that he had to like kind of like not fight him, but like he was going to go do something. He had to like hold him down. He's like, I, I could not hold him down. Yeah. So the greatest UFC fighter of all time was like, yeah, I'm scared to death of him. Well, that, that's Jones terrifying. That's a monster, dude. John yeah. Jones is the greatest of all time in MMA. Well, and then they have another brother who's also was a pretty solid NFL yeah, player. Yeah, Arthur Jones, solid D tackle, Super mm-hmm. Bowl champion. So that's a that's a so, monster family. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Chandler. I hope he's all right. Yeah, pr- prayers to him for sure in that family. I mean, it's him. He's been one of the best, almost unrated players this last decade. He's good. I mean, he's a borderline. If he didn't do this and had another two, three good years, that's a Hall of Fame player. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, we got time to talk about one more game. I wanted to talk about the San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals solely because of Christian McCaffrey. MVP. He's got to be. That was going to be my question. Yeah, dude. He, I mean, four touchdowns, three rushing, one receiving. What do you have on the ground? Like one. What, 106, 106 on 20 carries. It's not crazy. For 71, on 20 carries? 70, I mean, 71 receiving yeah. yards and seven catches. You know, and I think it was bogus. Um, they came out after the game and he was like the head coach Shanahan. He was like, Oh, I didn't know he had four touchdowns. Cause he wanted to get, they had a chance to get five touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey had a chance to get a fifth one, like late in the game. And they just like ran out the ball and stuff mm-hmm. and ran out the game. So he was like, Oh, I didn't even know he had four touchdowns. Why, is that like a record or something? No, but it's just five is just fun. You know, you go He's out and get four. five. <laughs> yeah, you don't need no, we already got four spread the wealth. Why not? I want to go out and get five. five no. The real thing is Ayuk is a he is coming into his own this yeah. year. Was Debo out this week? I think he was out. He didn't I didn't even see him on the yeah, statue. He didn't, he didn't have any play. Or no, he had three carries, so he must have got hurt in the game, it would be yeah, my hopefully. guess. He's a guy that's gonna get banged up. That's an well, offense that you can like lose a couple guys and they're still the best offense in the league. Oh yeah. It's kind of crazy. Oh yeah. Because even George Kittle. George Kittle had one reception for nine yards. He hasn't done anything this season, but he's still like a valuable part of that offense when you watch those well, games. Well, he's, he's a dual-threat tight end. He's blocking, yeah. and he's getting first down. Well, and then um, when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you need you just need him to block yeah. more. That's a guy that so well. Kittle's a guy that always starts slow. He usually misses a couple games early. He starts slow, but by the end of the year, he's, like, dominating, and he makes yeah. it all pro team. Mm-hmm. So. The main reason I wanted to talk about this game, besides Christian McCaffrey, is Josh Dobbs, man. <laughs> I want to talk about him every week. He's, he's playing very well. Do you think this guy gets a starting job anywhere else after this season ever he'll, again? He'll at least be like a bridge guy. Helps yeah. that he's still only 28, but he'll be a bridge. Mm-hmm. He'll be like a uh, Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched him a lot at Tennessee. He was very good at Tennessee. He owns all their records, lots of rushing records as well. I mean, he can. He still can run the ball. I'm surprised by how good he was. He's a, I mean, he's a smart guy. He's a like a literal rocket science major in college. Like, he did rocket science. They're like, is yeah, an NFL player card? No, I do rocket science in college. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I mean, when they Steelers drafted, I don't know why they decided to draft Rudolph like the next year. I thought they should have just stuck with him to be their young guy, because mm-hmm. eventually Big Ben was gonna get on the pooper. <laughs> so I really like Josh Dobbs. I'm happy he's playing well. He played decently well for the tech, Titans last year on like two days' notice. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he was basically on a week's notice of this. Yeah, is Kyler Murray coming back this year? Uh, they, they, that's what they plan, and that's what he wants to do. I think he'll come back like week eight. I don't think they they should. No. If they're not if Josh good, Dobbs is playing like this. If they're sitting at like two and six week eight, yeah. But the thing about this team is, if they had him the first two weeks, they would have won those games. Yeah, they'd be three and they, one if they had in Kyler. Almost every game besides this one. You guys think so? 
Yeah. Tyler's not good last I, season. No, but I think Gannon's a good coach. Yeah. Is my thing. Because Kingsbury, everyone just hated him last year. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted the season to end at like week six. Yeah. And yeah. I also, th- I think they have a lot of talent in their receiving core that like people don't talk about that much. This Michael Wilson fell is pretty good. He's good. Marquise Brown has shown multiple times in this league that he can be a he can solid, be number, at least number two receiver. Yeah. Rondell Moore has a lot of talent. He didn't get any catches this game, but there's games where he shows out and he's still you just really got to get a, the ball in his hands. Yeah, he's a, he's a gadget guy. That's what he is. You got to get the ball in his hands because when he does have the ball in his hands, he's fantastic. Which is why I, like. I think they should start use, trying to use him like Debo a little bit. Yeah, you got Ertz. Yeah, you, you got. I think Trey McBride is a really solid player. I think when Ertz eventually gets out of there, yeah. McBride can step up as a first tight end if they don't go. Mari DiMarcado from TCU. He's been getting the stat lines. Zach Pascal. I've always had a lot of faith yeah, in. I think he bad. just needs his opportunity. Like this team is really solid. If you add Kyler Murray, who at points in his career, has looked like an MVP caliber quarterback. There's that one half season where he looked like he was probably going to win that MVP. He's got to yeah. lay off the Call of Duty. And then they got... <laughs> hey, they know, said that's not a problem anymore. Their defense has played okay, and they, they yeah, don't have no talent so on their defense. <laughs> so, it's only going to get better for the Cardinals. They got like 30 draft picks this year, so they're going to get a lot of talent on their team, and they're going to have a lot of cap space. It's, it's going to get much better for you Cardinals fans. Mm-hmm. Finally, let's give our weekly players of the week. Exactly. Who's your offensive player of the week this week? Uh, offensive player of the week is Josh Allen. Flawless game against the uh, Dolphins. Alvin Kamara. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have 13 catches. That's CMC pretty, for 30 yards. That was nuts. Definitely CMC. My offensive player of the week, and I'm giving it to him just because we've been so hard on him this season. Justin Fields yeah. went out there, balled out. The coaching failed him. I I give it to him this week, man. Why not? Your defensive player of the week, exactly. Uh, Devin Witherspoon. I mean, 18 tackles, two sacks, a touchdown, and a pick. is nuts. That's who I was going to say, too. Yeah. Dude's got a linebacker stat line as a – what is he, safety? Nickel? Uh, Nickel corner. corner. Nickel yeah. corner, yeah. It's crazy. I think this would be our first unanimous defensive player of the week. Uh, just for the sake of switching it up, though, I would give it to Cleo Mack. Love yeah. my guy, Cleo Mack. Six sacks, balled out. Um, Sackley, who's your donkey of the week? Matty Berflus. <laughs> <laughs> For reasons we don't need to explain. Donkey's just like worse. Yeah, worse. yeah. Um, said, who you think really messed up this week? It could be anything. Chris Olave. Six targets, one reception. That's terrible. Now, I mean, I don't know if it's on him. I personally didn't watch the game. I was watching the Bears. But <clears throat> Chris Olave. My donkey of the week, I'm going to go Chase Claypool again. I've already given him one this year. He gets another one. You know, I think it was just a tough week for him and for this Bears franchise, and he was one of the highlights of that tough week. So, all right, folks, we're going to hop off air here. Next up, we got Ian coming in. Uh, we Next week we'll have an awesome show for you guys Once again, breaking down the NFL As always, be sure to check out our Instagram tomorrow For the food battle of the week post So you can win $20 just like Zach did this week Alright guys, see you next week What's the time? It's time to get in. You're listening to WRSE 88.7 Elmhurst The sickest rock station in the suburbs Stay tuned for more rock variety